0: chase thomas Podcast. the chase thomas
1: podcast
0: Um, (laughs) my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it
1: all right hello and welcome back chase thomas podcast even this on a tuesday afternoon one of my favorite nba writers is here i'm not going to do the what up back because it's just not the same when it comes from me like it's just that i can't do my atlanta version of that my southern version of it so i'm not going to try but here uh, at this time, uh, one of my favorite, like I said, NBA writers, Howard Beck. Howard, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
0: Uh, what up, Chase? I can say what up. Um, yeah. I, I I have gotten um, the official permission slip from Zach Lowe that the whole world can do what up back like he has given permission to the world he says it's open source there's no charge you don't have to pay him a nickel and royalties every time there's like it's it's just free for the world uh to use so when people are wondering like can they say that like of course you can um that is uh up to the individual so
1: there you go what does does that permeate into your your just normal life does your wife walk by and like what up Beck? when you're Uh, walking in the door no no
0: no that would be weird
1: Mm-hmm. um <laughs> but, uh but
0: they're all aware of it uh here at home um mm-hmm. i i get the occasional random like if i'm walking a concourse like nba game it's halftime i'm hungry i'm just gonna go foraging for food on the concourse somewhere and i'll just get it randomly and all and I, I don't expect it because i don't expect I, i'm not on tv like mm-hmm. i've, I've i don't know how anybody ever recognizes me but it happens sometimes and then i, I get uh, like this what up back in the middle of a concourse about like, huh? what huh and mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm always startled by it and i usually i don't know if they're expecting to for me to like reciprocate with a, a what up back or, or whatever they want i don't know what they're expecting um but i'm usually so startled that i just be like oh hi mm-hmm. <laughs> and i just look like a dork um yeah so that happens it's happened a couple times here in new York on. um on the subway in my mm-hmm. own neighborhood. Like I'll be getting off the subway and someone will, will out of the blue. Um, it turns out, you know, just obviously hardcore NBA fans and fans of Zach's pod and hopefully some of my stuff. And, uh, yeah, occasionally you just get it out of the blue and it, it's, it's always fine. It's always welcome. Occasionally startling.
1: Is it one of, do they have a follow up? Cause I always wonder what people like I, that's why I'm not usually like, I don't bother folks. Even if I recognize them, celebrity writer, whoever it's just, I have nothing to say. Like, I, I don't need, <laughs> like I got nothing for you. Like, no, you know what?
0: sometimes it's it's just that because they they're they're just happy to be able to like say hello and then they're like mm-hmm. you know if, if they follow up with like hey man you know love your stuff or love hearing you on Zach's pod which is often the case and mm-hmm. and you sometimes think well, well what about my pod um that's fine I don't know mm-hmm. as long as they're saying something's nice I don't I don't actually get that picky about it to be mm-hmm. honest um but yeah I hope they also are listening to my podcast or reading my work um but um but yeah uh, no it's always just nice it's, it's 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 flattering it's a nice compliment um like I say, I'm I'm always just surprised that anybody recognizes me because I'm not on TV. I have done some TV, but I don't mm. do a, I don't do a lot of that. Um, I used to do a ton of video when I was a Bleach Report in the early mm. years there, but that's also a long time ago now. Um, I don't use my own face at my Twitter avatar almost mm-hmm. ever. Um, I guess occasionally I have. Is that um, your
1: wife's book Is that you're avatar yes. right now? Yes, okay. absolutely. Do um, you edit? Do y'all? How does that work as two writers? Do y'all like read your <laughs> stuff? Like, does she want your input? Because it's like um, fiction. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, no need there. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, but it's a wonderful book. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's a middle grade fantasy novel. Recommend it to all your listeners, uh, whether it's for themselves, uh, kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, uh, friends of family. Uh, kid down the street, whatever. Mm. Buy it for your local library, the Pearl Hunter. By me, a ebeck. Go, go, uh, go out and find it at all the places you find books.
1: Is it individual or is it like a series? It's gonna be like a full-on like it universe. A
0: standalone
1: at the moment. Okay.
0: So that's all oh. I can say.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, well, Howard, we have some MBA stuff that I wanted to pick your yeah, brain about here on this very program because Sometimes I just look, I need to get away from the Hawks. They lost again last night. Anthony Edwards and company cooked uh, the Hawks. Um, I have some, some issues with some rotations and John Collins is like down to like 22% from three with that finger <laughs> stuff. So it's just, I, it's sad that like, I'm, I'm in mourning Howard that I'm like, I think he needs to be DMP CD from Yikes. here on out. Like it's just, it's not working. Like, ha yeah. the just the spacing doesn't work with him and Capella and, and Yeka. When you have it's just it's not going to, it's not going to work. And if the three pointer is not coming back, then John Collins loses a lot of value because that was a big part so of what you're saying
0: is maybe they should put John Collins on the trade block. No, nah, they would never do that.
1: <laughs> they, I think they missed the boat. Like John Collins and what his value was a year and a I, half ago versus now. Like I, if the shot does not come back, yeah. John Collins is, and I love It'll, John Collins, the leader and play. Like it, it's just, he's not playable. On it'll, a good team,
0: it'll, 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 I think it'll come back. But, um, I did float this recently. I think this was on Zach's pod, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, within the last week that, um, John Collins must have the current record for most days or consecutive months, seasons, something of being on the trade block. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that anybody could touch it. Um, <laughs> and they, they just need to do it already so we can stop talking about potential John Collins trades.
1: I wouldn't hold your breath. On that one, Howard. I, uh, just, you know what? Draft night's just around
0: the corner. Yeah. Uh, the obviously, obviously, it can't happen right now. But you know, mm-hmm. there's there's always June and July.
1: There always is June and July. Um, well, I have six teams that I want right. to pick your brain about, and the Hawks are one of them. We'll get into them in a little bit later. But I want to get your sentiment on whether or not these franchises are trending up or down. I have my own uh, ideas here, but I think this would be a fun back and forth exercise to kind of figure out where the teams. It's not the obvious exercise, like oh. The Denver Nuggets, they're trending up, uh, many are saying. The Milwaukee Bucks, I would say there's not really a case against which way they're trending uh, at this point in time. There are a couple that I thought would be fascinating. The first one I have is the Magic, Howard. Are Mm -hmm. they trending up? Like Jonathan Isaac came back for a blip and then he was shut down again. Um, Markel Fultz starts, like Jalen Suggs is interesting-ish off the bench. Like, I love watching Franz Wagner and what he is doing. He's a lot of fun. But I, I just... I don't know. Are they trending up for you? Is this a franchise that is moving finally in the right direction?
0: Uh, I'm going to say yes. An un- unqualified yes, which is a hard thing to say uh, to be unqualified on anything positive about the Magic, considering how long they have been not just bad, but thoroughly uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be trending up because the mere fact that they are that they have uh, at least two really, really good players and maybe some others, but two for sure, and are so they started the season five and 20 and are 23 mm. and 20 since then. Um, hard to wave off a 25 game sample size at the start, but I'm just saying like once they kind of got things rolling and kind of figured out rotation and get by me, you know, Bancaro got into a flow and everything 23 and 20 um, mm-hmm. is a, that, that's, that's a, a substantial um, second season sample size, basically. And considering how long this team has been down um, they have to be trending up. They, they they can't trend down any further than they were. They're not. It's not a. It's not a stark line. It's not like if we're doing this on a graph. It's not like this this massive spike all of a sudden. But the trend line is is up. Um, quick couple of data points here. Last time mm. they had a winning record was the 2018-19 season. That's four years ago, and that was 42 and 40. They were barely over 500, and their leading scorer was Vooch with mm. uh, just under 21 points a game. Before that, the last time you could find a winning season by the Magic was in twenty eleven twelve. That was the a shortened season, lockout shortened season. So they went thirty seven and twenty nine. That's the equivalent of a forty six win season. So that it's at least a solid winning record. And that was, of course, Dwight. Um, and they just haven't had anybody to hang their hat on since. All of which is to say that with Boncaro and Wagner as their core they have promise. like they have mm-hmm. something substantial like i know that there was the brief oh jonathan isaac is going to be a defensive player of the year candidate perennially and if he develops an offensive game blah 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 like that's already like three or four what ifs and caveats and and developments ago like that's mm-hmm. the isaac thing is done like it's yeah. I, I don't mean he's done but like he's not their future they have a future now that he's was the 25 whole problem now I mean, look, he's, he, there's still plenty of time for Jonathan Isaac to get his body right and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I, but you're not counting on that, nor do you have to. The point is yeah. not to, to throw, uh, you know, dirt on his career. The point is, you have other guys who now represent uh, the future of your franchise, who represent hope, who represent skill and, you know, uh, bankable points and rebounds and assists and um, and, and and a, in a, in a functioning um, foundation. You've got Ben Caro and Wagner. They're they're in good shape. They could really use a a seasoned savvy point guard. I know, you know, Fultz has kind of re- revived his career, but like it'd be a really fun Fred Van Vliet destination. Hmm. Um, you know, or, I don't know if Mike Conley stays in Minnesota, could they get Mike Conley? Like somebody like that, just a a a you know consummate leader type brings everybody together um and can help kind of like you know shepherd the young guys a little bit.
1: I think they deserve credit, too, because I think they've done like because a lot of these teams that do the full on teardown, it's a lot easier said than done. And I think one of the things that they have an identity, we know exactly what Weltman uh, and company want to build, right? Like we know what kind of guys they're attracting, like long. They're trying to do the Bucks thing, which I get, but they're actually developing their core pieces like Palo Caro, he's, ha- he's almost eight free throws a game as a rookie. Like you watch the magic. He is decisive. He is intense. <laughs> he wants smoke. Like he has the makeup of a future star in this league. He's not afraid to shoot. The shot's not there. He's like 30% from three, but like I look at the free throws with him. And when I watched, watch magic, um, Jazz the, the other morning, cause just some real NBA sicko behavior at 630 AM. I'm just watching That's jazz 100%. magic. Uh, look, you know, Howard, we all have our, our choices in life. And that was mine. Uh, one morning this, this week. And, One of the things that stood out was just that like Gary Harris is a just a actual deep threat again from three. Like he had obviously been uh, dealing with all kinds of injury troubles and um, over the years, but like he was someone that we were all super high on uh, four to five years ago where I think there was a piece in 538 where it's like, is Gary Harris the next Kawhi Leonard? And (laughs) that was where he was at that time. But obviously that's not what happened. But he's shooting 40 plus percent from three. He's a really he's turned into a really good role player for them. Jamal Mosley, I think, has done a really good job finding a way to navigate a kind of sneaky bloated rotation where it's like something I thought about going in the air. I'm like, how is he going to organize this this backcourt? How is he going to organize the options that he has with Wendell Carter and company at the big spots like and he's doing a really good job. And I think when you look at what Franz is already developing into, which is a really good maybe even all star player uh, in the next couple of years with uh his passing his shot making another guy who's really good at grabbing the boards their identity is we're gonna get to the line like all these guys attack all these guys go to the line they rebound well that's at least a starting point and you have your role guys who are playing pretty well i think things are looking up i think if you're a magic fan you look at it you're like you might you're 12 games under 500 at this point but you're closer to 500 than not and like you said it four to five years ago where they were 42 and 40 those weren't young guys that were nearing 500. You were just hanging on by a thread and really trying not to that be. Was, a,
0: yeah, that was one of those fake competitive. Yes. Like we're doing this just so we can. We're, we're trust. We're just. We just want to be the eighth seed. Uh, get our butts kicked. But hey, at least we were in the playoffs. I think. I, I. 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 Those are like the worst kinds of. Like there's a. There are different kinds of of seven eight seeds. Mm-hmm. There's the seven eight seed because you're a young team, legitimately on the rise, and it's your breakthrough moment, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen those at times there's the uh, once was a good team and we're on our way down and we're just <laughs> mm-hmm. stopping over at the bottom of the b- playoff bracket for a minute before we fall off a cliff and tank. Um, and then there's the treadmill of mediocrity mm-hmm. um, and the magic have been like, they haven't even been on the treadmill of mediocrity. They've been too crappy to be on the treadmill um, due to a lot of bad drafting and a lot of bad deals over the years, whatever. They finally now have, have got some momentum with a couple of good picks, obviously, and, and credit to, uh, for that but um, you know they were one of those teams that was the worst kind of seventh eighth seed type which is the we're chasing the eighth seed we're not good enough to, for this to be a stepping stone to top four we're just we're just here because we don't have the heart to tank right now um, yeah <laughs> and that's what the Bulls did last year too right same kind of thing
1: I mean they're kind of doing that right now like I mean, they the Bulls just are they... doing
0: right now too yes
1: yeah the Bulls with
0: with Vooch by the way Vooch but, is a great <laughs> ticket to the eighth seed
1: yeah um but I, we agree there i like it we both agree yep. on the orlando magic trending up uh and i'm excited they get another lottery pick like they're not like, play in or any of that like they get one more and i think they're probably going to be a play-in team and they've got and year. they've got
0: chicago's pick
1: yeah as long That's as it's nice. not
0: i think it's top four protected
1: Ooh, so. okay i like that um next up the raptors speaking of teams hanging on for dear life for the play-in um are they trending up or down howard
0: I marked them as unclear, but Mm. since the exercise is kind of, you know, either or Mm -hmm. I'm going to say up and the up is kind of a leap Mm. of faith. Um, because I believe in Messiah Jiri and Bobby Webster in that front office and they're really smart and they didn't break it up at the trade deadline. They didn't break it up because they still believe in this roster or at Mm. least some, some core of this roster, maybe not all of it. Um, but they, they, you know, the vote of confidence was acquiring, reacquiring Jakob Pertl and <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't know what the next step is, but it seemed clear to me that that's signaling we're not ready for some sort of tear down. We're not going to just like sell off parts. They have um, questions lingering and and decisions to make like, are they resigning Fred Van Vliet? What will that cost? Uh, assuming the ops out, are they resigning Gary Trent Jr.? Um, are they, you know, OG Ananobi is, is not, uh, yet in, um uh, you know, John Collins territory for most consecutive months, uh, rumored to be traded or a, mm-hmm. rumored to be on the block. Um, but they got to decide about Ananobi, like, but they've, they clearly have talent there. Like Siakam is really talented and Scotty Barnes is really talented, even if he's had kind of a, a, a rough sophomore year and, um, Ananobi's great. Um, so I'm going to say up, up because. There's enough talent there that they have held on to. They have decisions to make this summer, but uh, it seems pretty clear to me that they are not heading for a teardown. And this front office is, like I say, really savvy. They'll they'll make a couple of smart moves this summer and they'll be right back in the thick of things.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I'm with you. They're the most unclear to me on this list, where it's like Pascal's an all-star, he's 28. Like, he's, is, he's still going to be this play this kind of player if you do a teardown. Like, what do you... like does, I, I don't know what you do there. Scotty Barnes took a step back this year. His usage is at round 19 to 20. He's not a big uh, just high-usage guy. OG Ananobi, not a big high-usage guy. Both good players, but it seems like someone's got to be the odd man out. Like, you've got to get more playmaking among the three uh to help Pascal. And for everybody, it's like one of those this summer. We'll see whether or not they made a mistake, not just moving him at the deadline because he can just leave for nothing and it seems like if i had to hedge against him the field or fred van Vliet staying in toronto i would hedge towards he departing you lose him for nothing OG, does he get more frustrated and he wants to go be the guy or a bigger opportunity somewhere else and then suddenly you're kind of you're forced into that i don't know i i think the yaka Pertle trade was good um i like Yakup, but I think they're kind of a sneaky fighting the inevitable team. And I think if Masai Ujiri was not the GM and the Raptors did not win the title, and Nick Nurse was not the head coach, <laughs> a lot more folks would look at them as like the Bulls or something. Where you're like, what yeah. What are you trying to be here? What What are you trying to do?
0: That was a lot of uh, ifs you just threw in there. Mm-hmm. It's like that was like like yeah, fair, but mm-hmm. those things obviously all did happen, and it's why I think you know I think a lot of us would look at them and still think like, okay, the the core of something good is here. And I have the faith in, in this franchise and in this coach, and this front office to, to fix it. They've done mm-hmm. it before. Right. Like that, that, that track record matters. Right.
1: But it wouldn't surprise you if Masai and Nick nurses are out of Toronto this summer, would it? It wouldn't surprise. Well, I wouldn't say that.
0: Um, I would say that after a disappointing season, is it, is the groundwork there to say, you know what, maybe we just need a new voice on the bench. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like that's logical. I'm not going to say like, he's definitely out or anything like that. Like, like, it wouldn't be surprising um, considering the circumstances. On the other hand, Nick nurse is one of the best coaches in the league and, and you know, you're, you're constantly like, this is a difficult thing with, with the NBA. Right. Um, and you've heard this, like, I think Larry bird has said this, you know, after he did, he did his three years or whatever, as Pacers coach, like this is all you can do. Cause after that guy stopped, you know, they start tuning you out, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Rick Carlisle, maybe has said that before. Meanwhile, pop is on year, you know, 52 or whatever as, as a Spurs coach. Um, it just depends on circumstances. I'm not sure. I believe in the idea that a coach only has so much lifespan with a team. Um, Nick Nurse hasn't lost any of his basketball acumen over the course of this. Um, and if you change out enough of the players, maybe it doesn't matter that okay, some of these guys weren't responding as well to Nurse anymore. So I don't know about that. On the front office side of it, I don't see any reason at all, unless somebody's going to you know make one of those godfather offers to try to pry loose Masai or bobby webster i don't see where the franchise itself would be proactively trying to change that uh change up the front office
1: yeah I, i'm gonna say down i think one of them is out yeah. i don't know which one but i think one of them's gone and i don't yeah. even think Masai gets fired like i think it's one of those where Masai might just get a grandfather offer from somebody else maybe um to run their basketball ops i don't know it, some, uh, some
0: smart some smart team with a lot of money should do that frankly
1: <laughs> yeah if i were running a team and had a lot
0: of money to spend i would do everything possible to pry loose messiah jerry
1: yeah just look i'd be like are you really certain that scotty barnes is going to guide you through this and that he's going to be the guy like are, are you certain that this is going to go the way you want it to and this is going to be fun um next up the team that you're quite familiar with uh howard over there in brooklyn the brooklyn nets Are they trending up or do you think this is like a little blip here towards the end of the season where it's like, yeah, this is fun. Mikhail looks like a star. This looks great. Like they got a lot out of for the Kyrie and Kevin Durant trades. Like they're going to be able to navigate this. They're going to be able to get back on the other side. They're basically recreating what Kenny Atkinson built. It's just everything. We just re- keep reinventing things that already was invented right with cable where it's like, yeah. we're going to have all these streaming packages and it's going to be great. And then it's like, well, this ended up being the same thing. We're reinventing cable all over again. We're going to be reinventing them. the nets. You
0: can pay one price for all of this stuff. Yeah. That. <laughs> There's enough. Idea.
1: Exactly. I just feel like we're going in circles with the Brooklyn Nets every three to four years. They're just going to well, greatly navigate from contender to just fun team with no stars. It's just this never ending cycle. Is that fair?
0: Uh, broadly speaking, yes, but this is a better version of what they had during the Kenny Atkinson years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of it being, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, you have Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, and Mikkel Bridges, <laughs> but you have, you have the established <laughs> version of Spencer Dinwiddie. And actually you, mm-hmm. you now have a, a banged up version of Joe Harris. I'm not sure uh, where, where that's going, but no, like they, if you look at what they have right now, um, the guys I mentioned and Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney Smith and Nick Claxton with this breakout season, this is a better version of the overachieving scrappy Kenny Atkinson years. Hmm. Um, and this is a better, uh, um, cash or, 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 or tool shed toolbox, something for Sean Marks to work with. Because when Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson arrived, uh, all those years ago, they were taking over a team that had, you know, um, you know, traded all of its picks to get Garnett and Pierce and swaps and everything else. Um, so they had very few assets. They had, you know, very few picks to to work with. They had very little talent to work with. What Sean Marks has right now, albeit this wasn't the ideal, this wasn't what they wanted. They obviously, you know, would have loved to contend for titles with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That was the idea. But they did really well on both those trades, especially with Kyrie. Nobody thought the Nets were going to get anything of value for Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, to get Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, was was a nice payoff. They now have this roster full of like three and D guys, and you know just you know lengthy perimeter you know uh, you know wing players, um, and a bunch of picks. They got all those Suns picks and Suns swaps. They got a bunch of Sixer picks from the Harden Ben Simmons swap. Yeah, they're stuck with Ben Simmons for the time being, but. They, you know, I've, I've I've talked to some people around the league who were like, you know what? One of the first steps I'd take is like, go ahead and spend some of that draft capital and maybe one of the, like Dorian Finney-Smith and a pick or something. And maybe will, somebody takes Ben Simmons off your hands hmm. uh, by doing that. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's the best use of of those assets, um, but it's been suggested to me that by, you know, rival teams, like, hey, you know, you know maybe that's their, their ticket out of Ben Simmons too. And they still have plenty else to work with. So I'm going to say the Nets are actually you know, trending up Um, and and, and which is a a remarkable thing to say for a team that blew up a plausible contender at the trade deadline. And, you know, but Mikael Bridges is really good. And he's been even obviously better with, with the nets um, because he's got room to just kind of like be the guy for now. So his values only go up too. So think about that too. They trade Kevin Durant for, you know, uh, Bridges, Johnson, all the picks. How much would a team now pay the Nets to get Mikael Bridges? Like, I'm not saying they should go that way. I don't know that he's also their future. Like, he's—I don't as good as he is. He's not. He's not going to be probably your number one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But he's really good. So there's a couple different ways you can go here. You can keep flipping all this stuff, all these guys, and 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 maybe some of the picks, and and see where that gets you, and 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 make this a true teardown rebuild. Or, and I think this is more likely, you look at who you have. You, you pick you know three, four, five of these guys that you're building around and the rest of them are, are all tradable commodities. And if you have cap room, this is a team that stars should want to join, right? The whole point of, of the Kenny Atkinson era was to build up a team that was competitive enough with, a, with really good role players that a star like Kevin Durant could look at and go, oh, I could win with those guys. Mm-hmm. Any star around the league right now who's in a bad situation or thinking about moving, looking around a little bit, could look at the nets and go, wow, that's a really impressive group right there. They're they're one me away <laughs> from being a 50 win team. So if you're a star who's looking for a great supporting cast in a major market, <laughs> like the Nets have a lot to like. Uh, so between their appeal as a, and uh, that on that level, and their flexibility with all these picks and players who are, are all easy to trade for other stuff, I think, I think they're on the upswing.
1: Jimmy Butler would be fun there.
0: Jimmy will be fun. Jimmy's got a lot of hard miles on him. I would, I would yeah. worry if I'm the, if I'm the nets or any, if, if there's a next team for Jimmy, I'd be a little worried about just like the, the wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I love Jimmy just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the dude's great. Uh, he would be a lot of fun here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they're trending up. I think they have options like Bradley Beal, Jimmy, but like whoever it is. I think they're, like you said, they're positioned well, like Mikhail is shooting 40, what, 48% from three since moving <laughs> Something, like, something crazy. Just, His splits since he got it. to
0: Brooklyn are, are, are bonkers.
1: He's been amazing. And I mean, like you said, they just have great role players everywhere who all know their role. I'm, I don't know if we see Ben Simmons again. I wonder if Ben Simmons just retires. Are we sure basketball is for him in March, I'm not. 2023? I'm not. No, right. Like, just the, this is a answer. like, I don't, I don't yeah. mean
0: to be like snarky or mean about it at all. I just, I'm just not sure it's, it's really, I'm not sure it's his calling as talented as he is and everything else. Like, um, something's missing, Something, something's, something's off. And yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't, I, when I say, I don't know if it's fixable, it's, it's not because yeah. I think it's not. It's, it's just because I truly don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And And I think that's the question around the league too.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested in his value. I it's got to be net. who was it who said the other day where it's like he, you gotta look at him as a vet minimum player now. I forgot who was. it JJ? I don't remember who it was the other day.
0: Somebody said it and I don't I don't disagree at all. Like if you yeah. were if you were bought out tomorrow, um, you know, or say this summer, and obviously when yeah. you get bought out during a season, you're always picked up for the minimum. But like if you were a free agent on July first, what's the most somebody's willing to pay him? I don't even know.
1: Like no. Yeah. It's a team like Dallas or Miami's just like, oh we'll, we'll fix it. Like just, just come s- down here.
0: Someone yeah. will take a flyer. Someone will try yeah. to rehab his career and maybe they will. Um, everybody left, you know, Markel Fultz for, for done. Um, and, and the, the magic have revived his, his career pretty well um, for, to, to, to reference another former Sixers, number one overall pick who mysteriously seemed to forget how to play basketball.
1: He's fun though. Markel plays in a totally different world. Like Markel would be, a, he, he's like one of those guys they write down where he's a nineties star. Like he's a nine, 1990 star the way he plays. He's so slow. He's so good inside. Like he just, he, the, the, he's going to play at Markel Fultz's pace. And that pace is slow. That pace is just the slow crossover. He's going to lull you to sleep. Like he's just you're in a different era. I just like watching Markel play because Markel's just different. Um, Doesn't take threes. Uh, The Lakers trending up or down Howard, because people are like, Oh, they are gonna they're they're winning basketball games for LeBron. This is awesome. Jared Vanderbilt's great. This is fun. D'Angelo Russell goes head to head against Julius Randle uh this week and it it looked awesome. Mm. I, are they trending up or down for you?
0: Up, but only in contrast to where they've been, right? Mm. Like if they had this team to start the season, we wouldn't be talking about them in such uncertain terms, right? We would say, Oh, they, you know, they're not great. And yeah, their stars keep getting hurt, but you know what? Um, LeBron and Anthony Davis went healthy with a supporting cast is really solid. They should, they should have a a respectable run in the playoff. If they had had this roster since day one, instead of waiting so long to solve the Russell Westbrook problem and and just digging in their heels, being stubborn about it. um, They cost themselves a lot of time and a lot of unnecessary pain and a lot of wins. Um, They're way deeper in the standings than they should be. If they had just addressed this last summer when they should have, or even in the fall. Anyway, they are trending up because they did make good moves at the trade deadline. They they that was a a um, an, an excellent trade deadline for the Lakers and for Rob Palenka, Um In contrast to to everything else that I just said before that, um, it's still the same question, right? Mm. When's LeBron going to be healthy? Can he stay healthy? Because is Anthony Davis going to stay healthy? Um, can they can they you know get themselves into a good position to make a run? This spring, But when you ask, you know, trending up, trending down, I'm thinking beyond this season in all of these cases. Hmm. And for the Lakers, it's kind of this like they're trending up because they could start now next season with this roster, but it's all very shaky, right? LeBron, when he's played this year, has been at an all-NBA level. Can he do that again next season? And can he do it for more games next season? Can Anthony Davis do it next season? Are they re-signing D'Angelo Russell? Um, Are they re-signing Rui Hachimura? Are they re-signing... Dennis Schroeder, uh, you know, I, I like, what does this team look like next fall? Um, so it, it's trending up only in contrast to where they were during the, the, you know, whatever the, the Russell Westbrook era, however, we want to define that the, the not making the playoffs with Russell Westbrook and almost screwing themselves in another for a second straight season. Um, And I'm not blaming it all on him. It was just, it was a combination of everything, right? It's like that trade cost them all that depth took them way too long to to reload. They had the wrong guys around their stars. Um, So it's, it's, it's like a mild trending up um, potentially with a very small window before they fall off a cliff.
1: Yeah. It's never great when your two most important players are having foot issues, both in the same year. Like it's, that's never great um it's yeah. someone who broke his foot the week of his wedding uh last fall oh sorry we oh, hear yeah. that yeah oh, that's Howard oh what a time what a time and as someone who's just learned a lot about like like I'm now like I have a sick I have a six sense, Howard where like I'll know when someone has a walking boot around me I'll just point it out and my wife's like there's no follow-up why are you telling me this where I'll look over I'm like walking boot like that's uh they broke their foot like I just it's a useless skill now that I can see but like I look at it with LeBron he's been shut down he's, we're probably not going to see him again to the play-in I don't that's one of those. I don't know how it gets better unless he gets shut down for the year. Like that's when you have to literally stay off. Like it's going to be just kind of and you have to trust your foot as a player. Like you have to be like, I am, I'm good to plant. I'm good to do this. Basketball's hard on your feet running consistently. That's how I did it. Like I was an everyday runner for uh, many, many, many years. And it finally got with me at the, the best possible time, the best possible time hour. And Sorry. I don't know, man. I, I just I look at it like you long term past this year i think they're trending down i think this is still fighting the inevitable with anthony davis and being able to rely on him for the course of a full year and getting 100 plus games out of him if you really want to make another deep nba championship run i i don't see it like we're we're nearing the end i think they're finding the inevitable and i even say that i think when you agree like their trade deadline was good it was a lot yeah. better than i thought yeah. it was going to be i think Absolutely. all everything was good i just yeah. don't think it's all going to work i think this is all just fighting the inevitable yeah
0: it, it it may not as i say everything still depends like those are like these are good players they got yeah. right beasley vanderbilt d'angelo they're good players but they're good complementary players and everything is still dependent upon whether lebron james stays healthy and can keep playing at this level and i yeah. think he can like he's defied all logic and physics by playing at this level as long as he has but every season he misses 20 or 30 games it seems and, um, so that's, that's a lot to, you know, that's it's a lot of what ifs to kind of bake into this, but yeah, I, like I, that's why I say uh, trending up, but trending up with a lot of concerns and it may not like the, the, the upward trends could end, you know, any given day.
1: Do you know Anthony Davis has a lot of Blake Griffin in him? I watched him on an impractical jokers, uh, this newest season. I was watching with my wife and I was like. Anthony has a fun personality he's just a funny guy or I'm like I we don't see more of this Blake Griffin's out about it like he seems like a really good hang Anthony Davis good hang he has a he has a post-NBA career like whatever he wants to wrap it up like he's funny Anthony Davis could be funny I, I, I didn't think he was that kind of guy but he uh, he seems like a good hang
0: I uh, have not seen that mm-hmm.
1: um you would enjoy but, it he's good like yeah. he's really good at it
0: Hey man, the guy came into the league, uh, mocking his own unibrow. So like he clearly had some kind of, he was, I remember him being very quiet his early years in the league. He was, he was kind of a low key kind of shy dude. Mm. Um, so maybe he's just, you know, just taking time with, with, you know, age and experience and, you know, feeling more comfortable in the league and everything. But like, I think it's Mm. always a good sign if, um, you're able to, to make fun of yourself, like right out the gate, especially as like a guy who came stamped as a, as a, you know, surefire superstar and with all the pressure that's on you and all the ego and, um, pride that, that goes with that to be able to make fun of yourself on day one. I, I thought that was a good sign.
1: Who's the sneaky fun hang that you've covered that most people didn't know about Lakers Nets, Knicks. Who was it? You were like, I didn't, this guy's probably fun. has more personality than people understand.
0: Oh man. Um, that's a really good, that's a, that's a great question. I had never really thought about it. Um, you might have to come back to me on that Well, I mean, like the the one thing that I, that I always like, I I come back to, and this is reaching back a ways, but like, if people were fans of the game during that Shaq Kobe era, and they ever watched, especially if you weren't a fan of the Lakers, if you especially if you hated the Lakers, the guy you hated most probably was Rick Fox because on the court he was just um he was a provocateur. He'd get in their guy's skin. He's if there was a fight, he was always going to be involved. If there was a flagrant, it was probably him. Um, just a pain in the ass on the court, but a great, great dude, really smart, really funny, very grounded, um, off the court. And so that was the one that during that time would always shock people if they were like, Oh, Oh, you cover the Lakers. Oh, oh what, what are they like? And you know, what are they? And then you, and then you'd like tell them like, Oh, Rick Fox. Yeah. Great guy. And they'd be like, really? I hate that guy. <laughs> um, especially if they were like Kings fans, Blazers fans, Spurs fans. Um, hmm. yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure what my more recent version of that would be, but that's always the first one that comes to mind.
1: I wouldn't guess that either. I like it. That was a good answer. I like it. Um, Final two here, Howard. The Hawks are they trending up? I kind of get my thoughts at the top of this. I want to get your perspective. Are the Hawks trending up or down? Out of all the
0: teams that we're discussing, I think they're the most confounding. Like I know the Lakers are kind of confounding in a weird way because oh, Mm. you know, as long as LeBron is healthy, you know, they're okay. The Hawks, like, man, I don't know. This is your team, so you. I'm a. (laughs) I'm a just turn the floor back to you very quickly here, but I will just say this one Trey Young's on his third head coach in a very short career. Not a mm. great sign. The trade Dejounte partnership has been, eh, eh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know where, where that's going. They've got a brand new front office now and a very young one, Landry Fields, uh, formerly known as the guy who lent his couch to Jeremy Lin during Lynn's sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, as tv
1: star with andy Routins, many people forget
0: exactly um Mm -hmm. that's a wow look that's a great pull nicely done um ownership seems very impatient has since the moment though that this group took over Mm -hmm. um we, we we referenced the john collins perpetual trade rumors um it feels like they're they're headed for just kind of like uh a, a reckoning, as I called it on on Zach's podcast, he he, he mocked me for using that word, it's kind of <laughs> way too serious. Um, there's a reckoning coming. Like they got to figure out, like, they, like this you, this this basic core went to the west to the um, Eastern Conference Finals, and then has been backsliding ever since. And it just fits and starts. And on some nights they look like a really good team that that could challenge for a top four seed, and on other days it's just like I don't even know who these guys are, or what they're doing, or if they care about trying to win together. Like, I just don't know. I don't know what to make of their roster and this group. And I don't know what to make of this new front office that clearly is now taking over with a mandate to figure out what the hell has gone wrong for the last two years since, since that uh, Eastern conference finals run. I, I, if I had to guess, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of change this summer. Um, They've already hired Quinn Snyder. So you've got your new coach, you've got your new front office, inevitably the next thing is the the roster. So um, I'm going to say trending down because usually you have to take a couple steps back to go forward.
1: I also think folks need to understand that like it, my guess, because of the loss last night and what they have left, they have a pretty tough schedule to wrap up here. I think they're going to be a 7-8 seed, 7 the best case scenario. Not being able to get the six spot and get the Sixers or maybe the Celtics, whoever, is a huge blow because now you're going to get curb stomped By probably the Bucks in that eight spot. And I don't know if you remember how it went when the the Hawks got curb stomped to end their season last year against the Heat, where Trey Young got put in a blender and Trey did not respond well to the Heat, just like it was rough. Trey Young, for whatever reason, the Heat know exactly how to play Trey Young. This year it's the same. Like they put him in just defensive hell, and he has no answer. It just for whatever reason, Trey Young and the Heat is the all-time worst matchup. Um If that happens again, it just changes how the summer goes because it's such a recency bias type thing where it's like if Trey has a really rough four to five games and the team has a rough four to five games and get just blown out um, by the Bucs, the Celtics, there's more pressure. And that's what fans see. That's what the ownership sees is the way it ended. So I think there's uh, more opportunity for uh, bigger moves to be made depending on how they perform in that first round. But like John Collins is the answer, but it's like, I don't know what you get for John Collins anymore. Like if I'm Quinn Snyder right now, like he's not playing. Like, I he cannot play. You have Sadiq Bey who's shooting really well from the corner. I like what Sadiq Bey brings as a stretch four. You he Quinn clearly likes Jalen Johnson more than AJ Griffin. So Jalen, I did not have him in my notes of like big beneficiary from the Quinn arrival, but for whatever reason, Quinn really likes Jalen. And AJ's playing sparingly to this point. Aaron Holiday doesn't play. The big thing is like Kevin Herter was traded for nothing. Like you brought in Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless. You immediately waived Mo. Justin Holiday was just Great human being, horrific on the court, shooting like twenty five percent. Like it was, it was bad uh, when he was starting playing a lot of minutes for the Hawks early on this year. Kevin Herter is playing extremely good basketball in Sacramento. He had a great, uh, he had great chemistry with Trey Young. That doesn't happen, so he's gone. You also trade for Dejounte, so it's like, what are we doing? Are are you actually going for it? Or are you not like what? Wrestler gave a weird interview with Jeff Schultz a week ago. I don't really yeah. know. Like, there's yeah. just. Nothing would surprise me with the Hawks this summer. Nothing would surprise me. But I also look at it when I'm like, when they're eight or healthy, DeJounte, Trey, Bogey, AJ, um, DeAndre, Clint Capella, and Yeka and John are all healthy. Those eight. They're a really good team. I don't, they're not a, a contender, but they're like a 4-5 in the East. Like, they're a really good team. I just don't know if they're ever going to be there together. I don't know. I don't
0: know. I don't know. Um, reckoning. They're headed for a reckoning. I love
1: the reckoning. Um, Last team, as we wrap up here, and I don't know if you're, this is maybe more obvious than uh, most folks might anticipate, or I had anticipated the blazers. Are they trending up or down Howard? They're not trending up.
0: <laughs> they're not trending up. Um, I don't know if they're trending down. They, they, you know, it's funny, like the treadmill of mediocrity, um, mm-hmm expression I believe was first coined by Kevin Pritchard during the time when when mm. he was either with the Trailblazers years ago or maybe between jobs um but I believe Kevin Pritchard uh that's his his trademarked uh expression mm. um he's still has so the I bring the that purpose, up right What's that?
1: Is he still in the Pacers front office? Just in a different he's, role? Yes,
0: yeah, he's with the Pacers. He's with okay. the Pacers. But at the time that he first said that, I think at a Sloan conference, I think mm-hmm. it was either, like I said, either when he was with the Blazers or maybe recently departed from the Blazers. Um, but that was his thing. Hmm. Uh, appropriate to bring up now that we're talking about the Blazers because that's kind of where they are. Like Dame is amazing. Dame is as great as ever. Dame is is on pace for career highs in scoring, effective field goal percentage. He's been awesome. He's 32. He's turning 33 in July. Like, um, he's still great. And their problems are still the same as they've had for years. Like, um, Nurkic isn't a good enough center. Um, He's got an undersized backcourt partner who scores a lot. Um, You know, and and now it's Anthony Simons. Before it was CJ McCollum. Um, The front court is kind of unsettled. They can't play defense. Um, (laughs) Like, what? Nothing's changed. Yeah. You know, everything's changed and nothing's changed. Right. Like, you know, they replaced stots with Billups. They, you know, change up the front office. Like, but it's still, so I don't, I just don't know what to make of them. Um, I, I'm not convinced that Lillard Simon's backcourt is the way to go. Given all the years that they were struggling with an undersized backcourt before, um, I don't know. Are, are they resigning Jeremy Grant for how much? Are they resigning Matisse Thibel? Um, what are they doing to upgrade their front court? Like uh, this will be, you know, an interesting, uh, off season for, uh, For Joe Cronin and and that group. Um, But it does feel like they're just kind of stuck in place. So I'm not going to say they're trading down because as long as they have Damian Lillard and he's playing like this, they'll be at least solid to stand, you know, to, to stay on the treadmill essentially. I just don't know what their path to up is.
1: I think they have, they don't have a choice. They have to be aggressive. Like if Dame's locked in, which he has been adamant forever, like I'm part of this till the end. You have to be aggressive. Like you have to, like whether it's Anthony Simon, Shaden Sharp, someone has to go. Like you've already brought in Jeremy Grant. You have a team, like I, I don't know. I think they have to be aggressive. I don't think they can just ride this out for these last couple of years of Dames Prime and just bet on Anthony and Jeremy Grant and um, Shane Sharp to to get them back to where they were with CJ uh in those prime years. I they're they're gonna be fun. I don't know if they go Alan Crab crazy and uh with those kind of contracts <laughs> this summer um uh, uh,
0: yeah
1: i don't know yeah. if they go that route but yeah i think they're gonna have to be aggressive i don't think you have a choice with dame locked in you have to do him a of solid. course yeah
0: no, no no it's either that or do the thing that nobody or you know that they've never been wanting to do which is trade dame and of course dame yeah. says i'm I never i'm never asking for a trade and if i'm them i don't trade him if he doesn't want to be traded like I've, yeah. I've you know had this debate with people before like it's it, it's, it's tough, right? You could you could make the plausible case, a completely logical case that their best path forward is to trade Dame while he still has a lot of value um, mm-hmm. and get a bunch of stuff for him and, and just start your future now and concede the point. We're never going to build a contender around him. We just can't do it. We don't, the path isn't there. I'm not going to tell somebody that they're, they're wrong for putting that, for, for arguing that premise. It's a totally logical premise. My pushback has always been on one element, which is if Dame is not going to ask for a trade, and I don't mean even the passive aggressive, like he's not asking, but he kind of wants it. Like, I mean, literally, does not want to be traded. Mm-hmm. I'm here. This is my franchise. This is my home. I'm the greatest Blazer in history, um, which is true. And he wants to be there. Don't trade him. You mm-hmm. like, you don't get these players very often. And um, as as difficult as it is to build around him and has been, you have to. You have a certain, you know, like that unspoken contract with your fans. And with Dame himself, like if he wants to stay, I'm, I'm I, I don't, I I would not feel right about just shipping him out for the cold hearted purpose of collecting a bunch of draft picks. Right. I get it. Again, it is a logical path to your next era. But if Dame says this era ain't over yet, I'm listening to Dame.
1: I agree. Well, That's fun, Howard. Yeah, that was good. good um, enough. Well, what, uh, what can we look out from you this week? What do you want to plug as we wrap up here tonight? Um,
0: nothing in particular to plug on the next podcast that I go on, I will plug your podcast and it'll just be kind of like a pyramid scheme where each successive podcast, while I'm not specifically employed by any one place right now, and I just kind of bounce around, I'll just keep plugging uh, whoever I was just on with and had the pleasure of chatting with. So, um, no, but, uh, Keep keep folks, keep your eyes out um, and keep your eyes on my Twitter feed for some uh, some news soon um, on some uh, some other work that I should be getting into. But um, yeah, other than that, yeah, I, I, I really have no um, you know what? I can plug my authory page. How about that? Uh, I have not written anything for a few weeks since uh, departing from Sports Illustrated, but I have uh, what's called an authory page. It's great service for for other writers out there. It's mm. authory.com. So author with a Y at the end dot com backslash Howard Beck. Everything that I've written for the last like 20 years, uh, New York Times, Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated uh, is all there. So if you can't read uh, fresh material from me, go read my back catalog. You know, there's there's some decent stuff there.
1: There's a <laughs> lot of good stuff, man. How's that Literally? for a plug? Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Uh, Howard Beck, I'm going to end it on this. Goodbye, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chase. Good to see you.